amigos and amigas. This is your host, Aureliano Nava, and this is All Chogyam Trumpa, the unofficial official podcast. Today, we are going to be exploring the topic of doubt and the role that it plays in our, well, I guess uh, one can say search, inquiry, investigation, practice, uh, study, everyday life. Well, I won't be talking about all those areas, but I will be uh, exploring with you this question of doubt and how it does play a role in our practice and uh, it can be a tool for us to to use. But first, before I start on this question of doubt, I'd like to get a few things out of the way, if I may, with you. I want to share a little bit about my motivation or my intention for this podcast and uh, let it be known to you that I hesitated for a while before I decided on producing these podcasts and sharing them with you simply because I really believe that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are very good communicators and have been empowered with uh, the opportunity to share these teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche to others and they're doing a fantastic job and so after all, you know, what uh, What do I have to contribute? I'm just an ordinary schmuck. I just happened to have, by mere chance and luck, stumbled upon the life of Chogyam Trumpa for a fleeting moment in time and had the opportunity to have benefited from his teachings and had very few one-on-one type of situations uh, with him where uh, literally I had the opportunity to say something but uh, my tongue got tied and I stumbled all over myself and I couldn't say anything at all and uh, each time it ended by him uh, very kindly and compassionately just putting me at ease by communicating to me that uh, everything was okay, that uh, there was uh, nothing to to fear. And that really was my extent of uh, having crossed paths with this great teacher. So when one looks back on the years and uh, you oh, discover that as a consequence of the mediocre practice that you have managed to to somehow maintain and you're very lacking understanding that uh, even if uh, you are this, um, well, um, as I said, mediocre type of practitioner that this works <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, uh, your life 
as a consequence of this uh, half-ass, lukewarm effort that you have invested over the years that <laughs> this has impacted your the, the quality of your existence in this temporary, <laughs> temporary body and this world. And as one goes about and you do your daily thing, one is bound to encounter people that uh, as you engage them, they gradually open up to you and you open up to them and it doesn't take long before you notice that for the most part, most people are struggling, they're hurting, they're confused. They very much want to be able to figure things out. They very much want to um, get it right. You know, get that understanding correctly. Get that thing that's going to make the difference in their life for them. And uh, you, you very much get the sense that uh, people are searching. They want something. They are out there trying to, to get it. And I'm referring to even people that, that practice, that have meditation practice, that uh, have engaged this for a long time. Um, you still pick up on this uh, belief that this is something uh, special that uh, requires special understanding, special practice, special effort, special this and special that. And they're not quite there yet. Um, <coughs> now, if this is the case with people that uh, are already inquisitive and already have a sense of a path and a kind of commitment to the, you know, a practice, whatever that is, you can just imagine people that uh, that don't. Um, last night I went to uh, an AA meeting. I took a friend to the Veterans Hospital in Long Beach and. Um, you know, these, there were about 20 people there and um, a lot of old-timers that have been at this for a long time and they um, shared uh, their experience very much. And so you have this um, this program like AA, which has worked wonders for people and uh, continues to, to do so. Um, and these old-timers that have been there for, for decades you can see them at work as they open up and they share with the newbies. And uh, I was sitting there in admiration for what they were doing. These are committed people that uh, go there and make themselves available to others. And it's inspiring to uh, see their willingness to, to share with these newer uh, alcoholics that have no idea how they're going to get through and deal on a daily basis with this addiction. And uh, it's inspiring to see that uh, people are willing to put themselves out there and communicate to, to these people, hey, there is a way out. There is a path that's going to lead you out of this very difficult uh, circumstance that you find yourself in. And you should trust in that, and we're here to help you. I was inspired, really, by that. So, um, that forms my motivation for this podcast. 
that uh, it is not enough to find oneself very comfortably being the beneficiary of luck and uh, yes uh, you know the luck of having encounter uh, teachings which I believe are genuine and a teacher which I believe uh, was a genuine teacher and a profound uh, wise teacher and left uh, uh, the gift of so many teachings for us and you live your daily life <coughs> feeling extremely blessed and extremely grateful for this person uh, and what uh, he left for you and a handful of others or you find a way to share this <laughs> you know you say to yourself you know what it's not enough to feel this gratefulness and this appreciation for what this person did here in the short duration of time that he was uh, alive and it is good it is a good thing to put yourself out there and share this with others and that is I suppose the reason for my doing uh, these podcasts, I am under the perhaps illusion that somebody out there, one person, two people, or three perhaps, will hear me and say, whoa, this uh, this person here uh, said something that uh, resonates with me and uh, that it will make a difference. And I believe that's uh, a good uh, thing to aspire for and to shoot for. And if my style takes more of the style of a cheerleader, then so be it. I don't mind being a cheerleader. As a matter of fact, I think that uh, we can learn a lot from the Christians, the those that we uh, accused of proselytizing and we compare ourselves with and uh, say to ourselves, we are not like that. We do not proselytize. We're not trying to convert others into becoming Buddhists. I think we can learn a lot from those proselytizers that put themselves out there and are all too willing to share that uh, Christian grace and salvation with other people because they genuinely, where they're coming from, right, they have that intention of helping others and alleviating the suffering of, of others. I think sometimes as Buddhists we are just uh, a little too arrogant and a little too hesitant when it comes to sharing what is most uh, treasured by, by us and what is most valued by us. I don't know why that's the case. Uh, there's a lot that can be said about that. But uh, I think that when it comes down to it, uh, well, th there is something there that one needs to be hesitant about and uh, cautious about. But once you understand the reasons for that hesitancy, uh, there's still, all right, <laughs> that, uh, oh no, uh, let's wait for the appropriate time and the right situation, the right circumstances before we uh, talk to others about this. Uh, 
And just one more thing before I start talking about today's topic, which is doubt. And that is that please don't expect these podcasts to be too polished, too well edited, even too organized. I am at times going to jump around all over the place, just as I'm doing today. I'm supposed to be talking about doubt. And yet here I am talking about all these other things. I do have a full-time job. I have a family. I have three dogs that need to be walked on a daily basis. You know, <laughs> I have a life. So I think I do. And uh, these podcasts, I literally uh, somehow uh, become inspired by a particular topic. And I say to myself, yeah, let's put a few notes together and... Uh, Let's uh, contemplate on this uh, a little bit and let's do it. Si se puede. With respect to doubt, Chogyam Trumpa mentions that we doubt whether there is a real connection between our projection and reality. I don't know about you, but when I read this, it raised uh, my eyebrows and I have a few thoughts to share here with you about this. It seems that when we are confronted with uh, the perceptions that uh, are part of our every experience, as modern people we already have some sense that these uh, Perceptions can be questioned, and once we begin to uh, to question, I think we we are also uh, perhaps aware that uh, almost anything in our experience can be brought to question and uh, put into doubt. Or, uh, as Chogyam Trungpa is pointing to, indirectly that uh, we are capable of uh, coming to terms with our perceptions in such a way so as to not fall into a kind of nihilism where everything is put into doubt, nothing is held to be real, there is no truth, there is no reality, and that uh, the cosmos does not ultimately support us in any way. And that everything is a hopeless type of situation as far as our life and existence is concerned. Well, um, I'd like to share with you that it's not like this, that the universe does not ultimately abandon us that there is nothing solid underneath us to support us, and that uh, it is all just one big uh, quantum uh, statistical probability, as uh, I guess modern physics would say. Chogam Trumpa also mentions that fundamentally there is only one truth, but uh, its expression could be different he goes on to say that, in fact, it's always different. Uh, this 
is, well, for lack of a better word, very interesting. And I like to say a few things about this, but before I do, I want to say a few other things about doubt and uh, its role in history. The definition of doubt is that uh, it calls into question the truth of something, that uh, it is about uh, being uncertain or have doubt about something, or to lack confidence in something. Uh, that's something I'm just adding, by the way. That uh, we are also aware that in history there has been the equivalent of ideological uh, police with, in the form of the, let's say, the Inquisition, and that uh, doubt has always been threatening to every ideology that man has conceived, and that, uh, well, doubt has always been the uh, enemy of uh, ideologies and uh, belief systems. And also that doubt has challenged most religious traditions in Christianity. For instance, we have the case of uh, Thomas the Doubter, who doubted Jesus' resurrection, and um, how Christianity dealt with this by almost anticipating the doubt that this was going to bring about in the minds of humans, and it seems that uh, they were very wise to have handled it right here with with Thomas. And the story goes that uh, God addressed Thomas's doubt by sending Jesus to appear to him, and Jesus asked Thomas to touch his wounds that had been inflicted in the cross, and Thomas did so, and that was enough, I suppose, uh, for Tom Thomas to stop doubting and uh, thereby also uh, uh, dealing with future generation of doubters. In Judaism, there's a story of Job, someone who had been given everything by, by God and only to be one day taken away from him. And this brought in Job great doubt, where he doubted God's mercy and justice, and uh, God addressed this by appearing to Job, and uh, I suppose he convinced him uh, otherwise, right? Now, I, I understand these are very superficial, right, ways of uh, dealing with something that probably Ju- uh, Christianity and Judaism deals with in a much more profound basis, but the, the point here is that uh, doubt in most religious traditions is something of great concern, and it's taken very seriously, but in uh, this, our tradition, uh, doubt has taken on a different role. Doubt has always been uh, uh, communicated to us as potential, you know, uh, practitioners of this tradition. It has always been communicated to us as a necessary instrument of our inquisitiveness. That it is something that we should not discard or destroy, but that it we should use. And, you know, Buddhism itself was born as a result of uh, great doubt, great doubt in the teachings and the beliefs of, uh, of Hinduism and uh, the rejection, for example, of uh, the caste system and the practice of asceticism as a legitimate and useful uh, instrument of, uh, of practice and the rejection of uh, you know, the Atman as uh, soul and uh, Brahma as uh, eternal self. 
And um, the right, the Buddha himself said to to his adherents and uh, to us today that uh, we are not to accept uh, his teachings solely on the basis of um, uh, him as a Buddha having uttered such teachings, that uh, we are not to believe in uh, these teachings on the basis of tradition along that has been handed down, handed down generation after generation, that uh, these teachings are not uh, something that uh, is to be accepted just because others uh, speak of such teachings and uh, are rumored to accept them and believe them, that we are not to believe them simply because they are written in holy texts, texts that are uh, considered sacred by, by many, that uh, we are not to accept the teachings on the basis of uh, authority and uh, on the basis of great teachers that we admire, uh, uh, passing them down and uh, sharing them with us, that uh, uh, only after observation and analysis and discovering what agrees with reason and that is conductive to the good and benefit of oneself and all, that uh, only after that we are to accept such teachings and live up to them. And without saying too much about science, I think we know that there would be no such thing as science as far as we know it without the role of doubt. And that as far back as the ancient Greeks with Thales, who predicted the solar eclipse as early as 585 BCE, um, only by questioning traditional explanations of the, uh, of the heavens and by developing his own method of inquiry. Much later, other great doubters fine-tuned these methods of questioning, of investigation, of debating, uh, only to arrive right, at what they considered uh, was valid information obtained by way of experience and uh, rational argumentation. Uh, now, never mind that uh, now we know that uh, you know empiricism is not uh, something that uh, leads us to truth, uh, correct patterns out there in, in uh, nature that we are able to identify, but that's a different story. Uh, great people, right, that uh, like Darwin and so forth, uh, we find these methods of investigation and have given science uh, incredible, right, revelations of the kind of uh, uh, truths and patterns that nature seemed to be hiding from us. On the other hand, this process of doubting can leave us all bummed out because we can get to a point of doubting everything, literally putting everything into question like Descartes did, uh, right? And at the end of uh, his long process, uh, ended up doubting everything but uh, the fact that thinking was occurring. Well, um, this, uh, if one is not careful, sounds like it could be a remedy for depression and uh, a nihilism that might be hard to avoid. Let's return to Choyim Trumpa in stating that we doubt whether there is a real connection between 
our projection and reality and that there is fundamentally only one truth, but that uh, its expression could be different and that in fact it's always different. Let's consider for now two types of doubt and how they play with our projections. It seems that uh, one kind of doubt with respect to our projections attempts to manipulate them. It doesn't really um, have a connection with our projections, but its uh, only connection is one of how can I change these? How can I manipulate them? How can I change these in such a way so that uh, I can get what I want? I can get the satisfaction and the pleasure out of these that uh, I need, I desire, and uh, its focus is uh, that. And it starts doubting itself, or I should say doubt starts creeping into the picture when our ability to manipulate our projections does not seem to be going well for us. Uh, we're falling behind, so to speak. Uh, things are not working out as we planned, as we want them to, and we're losing territory. And uh, the more territory that seems to be lost, the more that we struggle to regain that territory, and the more that we begin to fear that we may not ever catch up again. It can also be said that the driving force with this kind of doubt is also a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of, uh, you know, uh, I am uh, somewhat incomplete, I am not uh, good enough, I don't feel good about myself, uh, there's something definitely wrong that needs to be uh, fixed, there's something broken, and, uh, you know, every uh, attempt that uh, we take from this perspective is therefore one of uh, really using uh, our passion and our aggression and our ignorance in order to establish uh, a kind of territory where we feel we are going to be recognized, we uh, are going to be, um, I guess, you know, uh, our pissing ground. <laughs> That's what we want. We want our pissing ground and we want others to respect our pissing ground. And uh, if others invade that, well, you know what? We're going to uh, kick them out of there, so to speak. Um, we feel that uh, um, or fear that our clever plans, perhaps, our ambitions, our schemes, our passions, um, you know, the our charm and personality, our ability to seduce, right, may not be as uh, working for us as it once perhaps was. And uh, there's definitely that sense of 
that will to power that we so desire is just broken. It's not working for us. Uh, something is not quite enough. And uh, the more that this, all this stuff slips through our fingers, the more that we struggle and the more that we, that we fear, uh, we may indeed fear that we are not going to survive in one piece. And uh, right in the midst of this, you know, this bewilderment steps in, this foggy-like, wandering-like quality of we're neither here nor there. There's nothing that we connect to. There's nothing, no f ground be beneath us that we uh, feel, that we can uh, touch. Um, and that's, I think, the uh, part about our inability to, in any way, connect with the projections that Chogyan Trumpa is referring to, that uh, in fact uh, there is no connection whatsoever with our projections. There's just uh, the contrary. It's a response. It's a fear. It's a how am I am I going to change these uh, projections uh, to my favor? Look, this is not anything exotic. Okay, no, don't don't trip over this projection um, uh, word. Uh, this is something that I think. Uh, we all have experience, especially if uh, we have ever fallen in love with somebody. Have you ever fallen in love with somebody that uh, did not want you as much as you wanted that person? And the more that uh, that person uh, communicated to you rejection, the more desperate you got, the more that you clung on, you know, <laughs> sought that person, the more that you've felt you needed that person, the more that you uh, did everything in your power in order to uh, get this person to recognize you, to see you, to acknowledge you, to uh, you know, give you one bit of hope, send one bit of, <laughs> of recognition in your direction. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you are caught up in this, this, uh, this thing, this... Um, chase this struggle for your very own survival because you feel that you will not exist. You, your life will not be worth living if this person does not love you back the way you love this person. In our day and age, we have these wonderful little gadgets that we carry around with us 24-7 that uh, mirror back to us this kind of neurosis, this kind of uh, reactivity to th our projections that uh, Chicken Trumpa is referring to. How many times have you text someone that uh, you are in love with or you are, you are courting, you are chasing, and this person does not respond back to you within the amount of time that you believe is acceptable and the minutes go by and they go by and they seem like an eternity and you cannot comprehend how it is that this person is not responding to the little love emojis that you have sent this person the poem right that well-crafted text 
that you sent this person and this person seems to just be totally ignoring it, not appreciating it as you intended it to be appreciated. And uh, uh, after a while, it's just driving you crazy. And you you say to yourself, you're going to wait and you're not going to send another text until this person acknowledges you. But uh, what do you do? You end up sending that text, don't you? And then that text, you probably ask, why are you ignoring me? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> and the variations of these kind of emotional tantrums that we throw when things don't go our way, when people don't acknowledge us, when uh, our plans are not going the way they should be. And, uh, you know, we are such manipulative little scoundrels, aren't we? And the subtleties of how we manipulate others and how we uh, manipulate uh, circumstances and how we twist and turn and, and mold and shape uh, right to our little wishes and desires and what we're capable of when uh, you know, the world just does not respond the way we wanted it to. So, on the other hand, this other kind of doubt is quite different. It takes on uh, a different taste, a different, uh, well, yes, quality, totally. Uh, it's a doubt that uh, uh, points us in the right direction, uh, in that these perceptions that Chogyam Trumpa is referring to, we don't respond to them by attempting to secure our territory in them, but we do our best to relate to them and uh, not see them as things to be changed and altered and manipulated. But uh, we know that um, our attention impacts the kind of outcome that these perceptions are going to hand to us, meaning that we know that uh, to the extent that our attention uh, remains with them and uh, takes off in a particular direction, then we understand because of our practice that that's the kind of, uh, well, reality that we are going to construct for ourselves. We know that it's going to be a false, made-up reality. Uh, and this kind of doubt brings us back from going in this direction. We know that something is happening, but uh, not knowing, we don't really know exactly what that might be. We know we may not know, in fact, exactly what's going on, but uh, that is what we're relating to. Uh, from this perspective, uh, if there's doubt, well, then that's the truth. If there's no doubt, well, then that also is the truth. It is uh, 
seen more as uh, a uh, ground of possibilities. It is a fertile ground uh, as opposed to a uh, kind of territory that we need to acquire and control. Uh, in fact, the more doubt, the better. It's an indication that something is going on. Something is being percolating. Something is bubbling up in our life. And that is what we are connecting with. So doubt, uh, this kind of doubt runs through all of our sense perceptions. Uh, we relate to them as such. We don't, uh, uh, well, solidify them. We don't uh, manipulate them. We don't uh, create stories out of them. Uh, these uh, extensive narrations uh, that uh, become manipulative tools uh, of our egotistical drives and fears. Uh, so this kind of doubt is intelligent. It's sharp. It uh, does not seek to protect anything at all. And as an outcome of this, well then we have the opportunity to cease on this struggle, to cease on that fear, and uh, to experience that gradual or spontaneous relaxation into that uh, natural state of mind that is always there, that is not created by us, that is unconditional, and that can be experienced anywhere at any time, not just on our sitting cushion. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, amigos, amigas, before your life begins to slowly come to an end, that is what you should do your very best if uh, you are not already on the path to uh, familiarize yourself with that, well then you should do your best to begin the process of training yourself, training your mind to become familiar with that. Because um, it is something that is not um, contrived, it is not uh, made up by us, through even through our own effort and through our own uh, acquisition of knowledge and understanding. And this is the reality that, uh, that truth that Chogim Trumpa uh, spoke of with respect to our projections. Projections themselves, as uh, we relate to them from this point of view, from this perspective, become allies. They become helpers. They support our return to that fundamental natural state of mind. And ladies and gentlemen, amigos and amigas, that is the role of doubt in our tradition. And I just shared with you my own personal thing, my own personal twist on the matter. And uh, I shared with you a little bit of what Chogun Trumpa says with respect to doubt and our mental projections and their connection with that fundamental, natural, unconditioned reality that is there and it's available only if we dare step out of the way and 
learn to naturally and even effortlessly relax into that. And that is all for today. Thank you and do subscribe so that you are notified when I'll be sharing with you next episode. Thank you.